enjoy treating your customers like a piece of sh because that's how I felt when I went to the Alamo Draft House. Okay? You know what? I didn't know that I wasn't supposed to text in your little crappy ass theater. It was too f***ing dark in that place for me to find my seat. Alright? I was using my phone as a flashlight to get to my f***ing seat. So excuse me for using my phone in USA, United States of America, where you are free to text in a theater. I was not aware that I couldn't text in your theater, all right? I've texted in all the other theaters in Austin, and no one ever gave a fuck about what me I was doing my fucking phone, all right? And it was on silent. It wasn't on loud. It wasn't bothering anybody. You guys, obviously, were being assholes to me. And I'm sure that's what you do, you know, to rip people off. You take my money, and then you throw me out. You know, I will never be coming back to your Alamo draft house or whatever. I'd rather go to a regular theater where people are actually polite. And, it, you know, I'm going to tell everyone about how you are. And I'm pretty sure you guys are being on purpose. So thanks for making me feel like a customer. Thanks for taking my money. Deadass, serious, I would hate me too Look at me, think he the shit This don't even crease his air forces What the f- Shut the fuck up, you lying Citizens of America People of the Florida Alliance You gotta move And the Western forces of Texas and California will be welcome back to these United States as soon as their illegal secessionist government is deposed. You don't know what side they're fighting for. Someone's trying to kill us. We are trying to kill them.
Phenom Radio is the home of the hottest indie music. Tune into the Phenom Radio Top 20 Countdown, Monday through Friday, 10 p.m. Uh, Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Uh, Pacific. Raise a shot, Foxy. Raise your paws, Foxy. When the sun. What's going on, everybody? You already know who it is. It's your girl, Remy Jones. I have a special announcement. May 18th, 2024, we are going to be at the PPAC for the Remy TV Influencer Awards Show. It's going to be so much fun. We're going to have local talent performing. We're going to have celebrities performing. We're going to have amazing presenters. And all proceeds are going to go towards a job training program. So this is a charity award show. And if you want to know how you can help, if you want to donate, if you want to sponsor, you could directly reach me at www.remytvmedia.com. wished for these things, worked for them, and sought a place where they had a better chance of becoming real. For generations, Brockton has welcomed those seeking something better. From those who came in search of opportunity to today's multicultural population that makes us the most diverse community in all of New England. Brockton is a place where homes are more affordable, communities closer, where a strong and talented workforce fuels the success of businesses big and small, and the vision of a more diverse and equitable America is being realized every day. It's where ideas take root, businesses grow, Communities thrive. New beginnings unfold. And the promise of a better life is kept.
Brockton, Massachusetts. Where better begins. forward. Don't drive distracted. Oscar Mike Radio is a proud podcast partner of Reits Across America Radio. Heard every Thursday at 11 a.m. and Sunday at 8 a.m. Eastern. They're also big supporters of the nonprofit I Got Your Six, Two Lives at Once. And with every wreath you sponsor through Oscar Mike Radio, $5 goes back to this great organization dedicated to making a difference in the lives of veterans, law enforcement, firefighters, and first responders battling PTSD. Two Lives at Once pairs these brave men and women together with dogs rescued from kill shelters. In this way, two lives are saved at the same time by saving each other. Donate now. Go to wreathsacrossamerica.org slash Oscar Mike Radio to help. That's wreathsacrossamerica.org slash Oscar Mike Radio.
Excuse me. I happened to be passing, and I thought you'd might like some coffee. Oh, that's very nice of you. Thank you. Well, won't you sit down? Thank you. Cream? No, thank you. I take it black. Like my men. <laughs> This is my judge right here, my bidders. If you want to bet on this, this is K, and this is all. For all that magnificence, none of those nights were the best Marvin had. For fighters, fighting is the easy part. Not fighting is hard. But walking away, with faculties and fortune intact, seems the most difficult proposition of all. The greatest couldn't do it, nor could Hagler's contemporaries. That same ego that made you a champion keeps calling you back. There will always be debts to pay and scores to settle. But of the four kings, this one did something the others could not. Walk away. It's boxing's most unlikely story. And it's happiest. And it's Marvin Hagler's. Forever. I just want to be remembered as one of the best. Not necessarily the greatest, but one of the best. Give the kids something to imitate me. It's your boy, Sinister One, broadcasting live from the City of Champions. You are watching The Booth.
And we are here. It is December 27th, 2024. And actually, my guest just actually popped in. Let me just get my headset in here. Earbuds and do some on-air production. Make sure he can hear me and get him on. Hey, man, what's up? Can you hear me? What's going on? Let me get you in here. We're broadcasting live. Let me get you in here. Let's do this. Bam. Bam. All righty. And then let me see if you're, uh, get you in here. Give me a sound check real quick, man. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Nice, nice, nice. So we just, we actually just came in. We just had the uh, Hagler promo just play before I get into my first guest. But I got to thank all my supporters. I got to thank everybody for tuning in last week. Um, big shout out to Hunter Ball, who was on the show last week. Hunter Ball is a PBR rider. He actually was out there Saturday night, kicked ass, but he got kicked in the head and, and got a concussion, got hurt. And um, he was not able to perform. We weren't even able to interview him. Um, it was a pretty scary moment from those we hear. We actually sat next to a Herald photographer um, who was covering the event. He said it was it was pretty bad. So Hunter Ball, guy's been kicking ass all season. Unfortunately, he got hurt. Um, but we were able to talk to a lot of people. We were able to talk to uh, Grayson Cole. You'll see a lot of this stuff on Friday. Me and Travis will be doing a special episode on Friday. And um, we're going to hold it down. But thank you for the PBR Velocity Tour for hooking us up and letting us go out there and catch these uh, badass bull riders. And let me get into my sponsors. Michael Douglas Bredo, MDB Electronics. If you got a controller that needs to be fixed, get it out to him. Get it back. 24, 48 hours. Big shout out to him. He just fixed my Mandalorian controller that had broke. Um, 494,000 streams. Vianna Marie, my artist. Her music is out there. Let's get that library up to 500,000. Tactical target systems. That's when I go to the range. Those are those zombie targets that you see me using at the range. I love Boston sports. You get a chance to win a shirt in the chat. And then Kimberly Ann, Empowerment Photography. Ladies, if you want to get those pictures taken for a special friend or someone you love, reach out to her. She'll make you feel comfortable. Take those special pictures. My artist, Viana Marie, is there on the left-hand side. Also, my newest sponsor, Underarm um, Underwatch Protective Services, Mobile Foot Patrols, Armed Guards, Unarmed Guards, Event Security, and Private Security. Reach out to Underwatch Protective Services. Daryl Smith is the CEO. And before we get into the news booth, I'm going to get into my first guest in the upper left-hand corner. This guy's been on the show for a multitude of topics, man. We, I had you on... When Prince passed away, I hit you up at the last minute. You came on. Um, we talked about Prince because uh, you're a big fan of music. You follow a lot of music. You straight, performed. Straight, straight God. Yeah, you know, and, and, and um, you performed with a, a good friend of ours, Van Bates. Um, you know, you, you've got stories. You've got stories, man. And let, I'm going to let you introduce yourself. I'd rather have you introduce me, but that's okay. Okay, yeah, okay, uh, yeah, okay, yeah. Look, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> this is the guy. This is the man, best-selling author, Dave Wedge, in the house, on the booth, holding it down. What's up, man? Coming out of the booth. Love it. Uh, right. Listen, Keith, I appreciate all you do. You know, you hold it down for the city. You hold it down for the region. 
you do a lot of great stuff and it's so nice for someone like me, an author, movie producer, you know, someone, you know, journalist that does so much stuff. It's so nice to have a, a forum like this to just kind of talk, you know, about stuff that's important to people hear from your listeners and uh, you know, listen, uh, I, I'm excited about all that I got going on. We can talk about the Hagler book. We can talk about anything you want to talk about. Um, you know, obviously Brockton is my home. So Love the city, love the city of champions. Mm. And I think that, uh, you know, getting a bad rap right now, but things are good despite what you read, um, you know, and that that's where I'm at, man. And and you know what? The, the, I, in the background, you can't see it, but I've actually got the school committee meeting is on right now. It started at 6 o'clock. Um, they're going over this whole cell phone policy. There's a couple of big things that are going down. I have a, a video that I'm going to show later on in the show. Um, I was at the standout yesterday, um, but then this morning, Maura Healy came out and she said no to the National Guard, so that's going to be covered in the news booth. Um, a lot of people were torn over this thing. I felt like it was thinking out of the box, and we could discuss that later on. Um, but again, um, Maura Healy says no, we're going to get more into this, and, and you know, this, is, this has been, you know, Brockton was at the national forefront. This was a nationwide news story, as Dave said. And, you know, I really thank you for the kudos from you. Um, getting that from you is right here to my heart. Man, it makes me feel proud. And um, it's funny because I did go down to the standout yesterday, and everybody was there. A ton of media was there. And, you know, there were people that come up to me, and they were ready to talk. You know, Mayor, Mayor Sullivan comes right up, you know, He's with all the big media press, and then he could tell me, hey, just go about your way. I'm, I'm all done. I already did. He stops. He talks right to me. You know, all these people, I, you know, whatever you have to say about these guys, um, they all talk to me. They're all transparent pretty much, and and I love it, and I love the fact that I'm in the position that I'm in here in the city of Brockton, and I, I thank you for recognizing that, man. Well, no, that, that's great, Keith. And, you know, real quick, I mean, I think a lot of your listeners and viewers know that, like, you know, Bob, the mayor is a friend of mine. Uh, I help him out. And I think that a common misconception is that he doesn't, you know, he doesn't talk to the media, doesn't give a shit. But as you just explained, I mean, he knows who's legit and who's not. He stops and talks to you because he knows, Keith, that you're, you're a Brockton guy. You care about the city. You're not just there for clicks. You're there because you are covering the city and what you, uh, you know, send out to your your viewers is important and the mayor knows that so uh you know is bob perfect no and he'll be the first to admit it but he definitely is uh working very hard cares more about the city than probably most people that i know you know i mean he doesn't have to be the mayor he could do anything i mean he could have left years ago but he's got you know three kids two of them in the school system and he really cares <clears throat> about the city a lot so i would just you know Make sure your listeners and your viewers know that uh, the mayor is on top of this. He's not happy about it, and he's working very hard to find some solutions. But it's not a one-person solution. You know, one person right. can't be like, "Hey, th this is the answer." Like, this is a community solution. Is it the National Guard? We can, you know, if you think that, that's great. I'm not going to argue with you, but like, uh, you know. I went to Brockton High. I'm a Brockton High graduate, and I know very well that the, uh, you know, the school police did a good job. They kept the peace, and uh, we need to empower the police to make sure they can do their job. We need to empower the administration and the teachers so that they can keep control. 
Um, and that that's kind of where I'm at. You know what I mean? So anyway, and, I just want to, you know, you know I'm glad, I'm glad because, the mayor talked to you. Yeah, you know, no, no. And, and, and Bob, Bob has been on this show many times. Um, you know, I give kudos to Bob. I know Bob gets ripped apart a lot. You know, um, I know Bob got world, ripped baby. apart. Yeah, you know, I, I know people, you know, he, you know, Bob got a bad rap, and, and I tell people, well, then if you don't like it, then step up and, and run. That's what Agreed. I tell everybody. Every, everybody, you can have an opinion, but then you, if you really feel that strongly, then step up and run. Um, you know, I applaud anybody who I runs agree. for any type of elected, elected seat. And people forget, yeah. you know, Sullivan came in here at a time where everybody loved another guy. In Bill Carpenter. A lot of Brocktonians right. love Bill Carpenter. When he passed away, it was almost like coming in after Parcells, you know? You, 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 there was yeah. nothing you were going to be able to do right. And uh, Sullivan came in after Carpenter. Everybody loved Carpenter. It was a it was a tough city to try to cra- you know grab a hold of. And then he came in, and then COVID hit. And he had to make, you know, he had to make tough decisions during COVID that people weren't happy with, and those stuck around with people, and that's why a lot of people still bash him. And I feel like, well, you know, he had to make tough decisions because we had people having birthday parties for kids when everything was supposed to be shut down. He tried right. to give us leeway. His wife's a nurse; she knew what was going on. Right. You know what I'm saying is, so you know, I, I love it. I love it. But we're here to talk about you and what you got going on. And before we came into this show tonight, I got to thank everybody that's in the chat, watching the chat. V. Marie, Bill Atwood, Travis Projecting, Dave Haggerty, Mark Abbott, Gregory Lee. What's going on to everybody? We showed the clip of Marvin Hagler, kind of like his career and then his tribute of when he passed away in 2021. And, you know, for me, Marvin Hagler was really the guy that really got me into the sport of boxing, watching it and learning it. I mean, I, I was a Muhammad Ali fan because my dad had us watch boxing. We watched, but when we knew that he was from Brockton and he was hosting his sparring sessions up at Massasoit College, I was a teenager working at Alert Gas Station. And one night this Crown Vic comes in and these two Italian guys get out, which are the Petronellis and and, and Goody and them, they get out the car and they get out with this black guy, short black guy, and it ends up being Marvin Hagelin. Now, I worked at Alert Gas Station on the corner of Montello and Crescent, which was the only 24-hour gas station back then across from the Blue Moon Cafe. And I remember Marvin Hagler coming in and there was a mouse and he was scared of the mouse. And I laughed. <laughs> and he said, he looked at me and said, don't tell nobody about that. <laughs> and he, he, yeah. he asked me my name and uh, he invited me down to a sparring session. And I went down and met, you know, at that time I met Robbie Sims. And I'm like, man, who is this guy? You know, at at that time, he was just a local guy. He really wasn't making much of a buzz. You know what I'm saying? And, um, you know, people were saying, this is going to be the guy. And then before you know it, this guy was one of the best middleweight fighters. I didn't miss any of his fights. Not one. I went to all of his, pretty much all of his sparring sessions. So... I could see why you wanted to write this book, man. I mean, yeah. tell us how this came to be and, and, and why you finally said, because you've, you've penned a lot of, you've penned a lot of books, but why Hagler? Yeah. Well, so great. Thank you, Keith. Uh, you know, and I agree, you know, I had the same experience, you know, I, look, I grew up in this city and like, I remember I was like eight or nine years old. 
my dad uh, was a golfer up at Thorny Lee and took me up there. And that's the first time I met Marvin mm-hmm. was at an event at Thorny Lee. He was up there like signing autographs and I was a little kid and he like signed my, you know, my autograph, you know, signed a piece of paper for me. And like, I talked to him and actually, I, I actually have a, a, I was in the enterprise with him signing my autograph. And uh, I just remember like thinking like, you know, everyone was telling same same thing you just said. Like everyone was telling me that day, like this guy is gonna be the greatest fighter of all time. And I was like a little kid, so I'm like, didn't mean much to me. But then I saw him fight for the title against uh, Vito Antifermo, and we all know how that went. And then he got his fight against Alan Minter, which is I'll get to that in a minute. That's what my book's about is that particular fight. But then he won the title. And then he went on this historic run that's never been repeated. You know, 10 years holding the title, 13 title defenses, beat all the best fighters of his era, 100%. And look, Rocky Marciano was a great fighter, one of the greatest of all time. But the knock on Rocky was always that some of the guys that he beat that were the best were at the end of their career. That was never the knock on Marvin. Marvin beat Roberto Duran in his prime. He beat Tommy Hearns in his prime. He beat Mustafa Hamshow, John the Beast Mugabe. He beat all these guys that were like ridiculous fighters. And at that time, the middleweight division was probably the best it's ever been. Mm -hmm. It's pretty good now. But at that time, the middleweight division was absolutely uh, incredible. And, 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 you know, for Marvin to just run through those guys like like a hot knife through butter was something to watch as little kids. And now you look back with the, you know, benefit of history and it's like, you know, historic. So uh, to answer your question, you know, look, I've, I've written uh, seven books. Now I've written books about Tom Brady, Whitey Bulger, Boston marathon bombings, you know, right there behind me, which became uh, the movie yep. Patriots day with Mark Wahlberg. I've done a book with James Patterson about John Lennon, I did a, a book last year called Riding with Evil about bikers and mm. the only cop to ever infiltrate the pagans. And we talked about that one last year or the year before. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, my books have been translated into, you know, dozen languages around the country, around the world. And, you know, I did not have to write this Marvin Hagler book. OK, I chose to write this Marvin Hagler book because. I'm a Brocktonian and I think his story has never been appropriately told. And I'm super excited to share his story with, with the world. Um, And the story that I'm going to tell is really about how he escaped from Newark, New Jersey with his family. And a lot of people from Brockton don't even know the story. I didn't know it until I started looking into it. His mother, you know, she was a single mom and they had four kids, Marvin, Robbie, as you mentioned, and two, I I think two sisters. And they were living in, you know, Newark in 1967, which is not Newark in 2024. Newark in 1967 was, uh, you know, the cops were not treating people well. There was a lot of bad stuff going on, a lot of riots. There's literally bullets flying through the house. Uh, May Lang, God rest her soul, Marvin's mom, mm-hmm. moved the family to Brockton uh, when Marvin was, I believe, 16 or 17 years old. And he shows up in the city with, you know, no friends, no idea what he's going to do. And he starts going to the gym and he meets Goody and Pat and him and Goody and Pat strike up a friendship. They create a, a triangle of trust and they start fighting and he runs through the amateur ranks, becomes a pro. 
but they're all outsiders. He cannot get a, a fight. He can't get a real fight. Long story short, what happens is uh, Ted Kennedy and um, and uh, Tip O'Neill find out about Marvin. You know, he's a constituent, so they say this guy needs a title fight, and they they call Bob Arum. And they said, Bob, you need to give our guy a title fight. If he doesn't get one, we're going to launch congressional inquiry into the corruption in the fight game. And at the time, <laughs> it was corruption run by Don King. That's right. Bob Arum and all these other guys. And Marvin was on the outside, so he had no shot. They give him a title fight, and where does he go? To England against Alan Minter, a white supremacist. And he fights Alan Minter, and we all know what happened there. He kicks the living shit out of him. And the hooligans rain down bottles on him. And you know, right. I, I don't want to spoil the whole story, but it's it's <laughs> it's a beautiful story. It's a beautiful story about a man who overcame odds with two men that you mentioned, you know, Goody and Pat, you know, two middle-aged white Italian World War II vets that Marvin had no business connecting with or having anything in common with. But what they had in common was the will to succeed, the will to fight the boxing industry and that's what they did together and i'm i'm really excited about this book and i think i'm going to make a movie out of it too so i'm very excited whoa ho, ho. we got a lot of people in the chat saying what's up man mark abbott gregory lee nick driscoll angela pride what's going on billy atwood said robbie was a good friend of devon's yes he was radio rewind and adventures is watching what's going on sir alan bercy is tuned in right now. What's going on, Alan? Linda DiMazzario, what's going on? You know, it's funny. You talk about that Alan Minter fight, and I remember there are certain moments that I feel built character for the city of Brockton, for what mm. Brockton is today. There are some mm. moments that you can look back at and say that this was some of the things that defined the character of a Brocktonian. I remember... Yep. Sitting at home. I remember my dad sitting us all at home on TV watching this Alan Minter fight. I remember mm -hmm. all the stuff getting rained down. I remember the, all the guys covering him up to protect him from the balls. And I remember yeah. at that moment, the next day, we went out to, to Star Market to shop. And that was the talk. Everybody in Brockton yeah. was talking about they were the yeah. book to flight to Britain. This was white yeah. people, black people. This was, you know, yeah. Luth Lithuanians. The lit people, everybody in Brockton, didn't matter what color they were, they were they were yeah. ready to go. That they were ready to go out there and protect Marvin. <laughs> I, yeah. Well, I think and that's I, why I'm writing the book. Uh, that's why I'm writing the book, Keith. And you know, you and I, we we both grew up in Brockton, so we have the benefit of understanding what it's all about. But that picture you just described, that was the most probably one of the top three to five most famous boxing pictures of all time. That photo mm -hmm. of. And Pat and the and the ring guy totally covering Marvin, protecting him from bottles being thrown by drunken hooligans in England who were racist and wanted him dead. Um, you know, it's much like you know the 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 rumble in the jungle picture with Muhammad Ali knocking him out. You know what I mean? Like it's a very iconic photo, and the reason why is because of what it represents. And it didn't just represent race; it represented uh, fighting the power. You know, and you and I know, mm -hmm. all the, you know, Chuck exactly. D, public enemy, yeah. fight the power, man. Like, and when you grow up in a city like Brock and like you and I did, you understand it's not about race. It's about, uh, it's about respecting the people that work hard around you. It's about loving your community. You know, it's, it's not white versus black. It's, it's, it's just 
you know, it's hard to describe sitting here today, but like, you know, as someone who grew up in Brooklyn, like we didn't have these racial problems that other towns have. We didn't have the racial problems that Southie has or Brookline or Quincy or anything like that. Cause if I said something wrong, I was getting punched in the face. If you said something wrong, you were getting punched in the face. So like we grew up in a community that was completely inclusive. Marvin came to the city and as you said, represented it with his two trainers and there was no race. It wasn't about race. It was about winning. It was about the city of champions. And that's why Brockton is the city of champions because of Rocky Marciano and Marvin Hagler and what they right. achieved. And what, what did Marvin, what did Marvin achieve? Again, became the greatest middleweight of all time against all odds with trainers that had no business bringing him to that level. That's what my book's about. And that's what Brockton's all about. Man, in my I, opinion. I, I, this this last thing this book again i don't have to write this book keith okay i got a million books i can write i'm writing this book because this is my love letter to the city of brockton the city i grew up in the city that made me who i am and i'm so excited to do it and i think the city's going to be proud alan burse says you know we pleased ourselves he's right that's 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 a great statement right. to make alan Absolutely. We pleased ourselves here yep. in Brockton, and that and that and that's definitely a, a great thing to say. That's exactly how it was. Um, I remember, like we Thanks, said, Alan. you know, when they hosted those sparring sessions at Massasoit College before he was going off to the fights. Uh, I remember one of the fights. I want to say before one of the cards, Robbie was on the undercard, and they hosted this other sparring session at Massasoit because. This was the first time that Robbie was going to be on an undercard that that Hagel was on, and I want to say it was it might have been the Hearns fight that Robbie was on the undercard. And I, I, I think, remember, I think you're right. I, I think Robbie fought on that undercard. I, I yeah, right. and I remember Massasoit was like standing room only, like like that whole gym was supposed to be, you know. They weren't expecting all these people. And it was like the whole city of Brockton showed up to see Marvin Hagler spa that night before sending them off to fight Tommy Hearns. And it was yeah. just a magical moment. And, you know, for me, if this if this book, like the most of your other books, have, becomes a film, I, I can't wait. I, I got to see how you capture that iconic moment of the shielding because it, it's, got, it's definitely going to be caught right. You just can't. There's some things you just can't do in a film. You got to capture it. You know, and, yeah. and um, man, yeah, no, I'm I mean, excited. That, that, yeah, no, I thank you. I appreciate it. And I, that's my goal. I mean, my goal here is to tell the true story of Brockton and the family, Marvin and his family, you know, Robbie and all that. Because Robbie was a big part of Marvin's life. You know, that's he right. was a huge part of his life. And, um, you know, just to think back to those times, you know, my I remember my dad, you probably remember your dad telling you about the fights that Rocky did, you know, Rocky had these fights and there was no closed caption. There was no cable. There's right. no TV. There's no pay-per-view. And what did they do? They went down to downtown Brockton. They stood outside the bar rooms and, and the enterprise. They used to stand outside the Brockton enterprise building and they put speakers outside and they broadcast the radio broadcast of the fight. And people would cheer in the streets for our generation. We got to watch, it but i think we did still have that communal thing where there was no social media so it was like pay-per-view and like a couple mm -hmm. of tv channels and like you know you saw it on the news so we kind of communally you know experienced that together so i think that like my job here with this book is to express that to this next generation of like 
what it means for someone to represent an entire city. And that's what Marvin did. He went to England. He actually represented the whole country. And he mm -hmm. represented the black race. I hate, you know, I hate to put that on him, but he did. I mean, he went over to England and those pre-fight uh, press conferences, the guy he fought, Alan Minter, said literally, <laughs> quote unquote, no black man will ever take my title. There's no amb ambiguity there. You know, he was like, I'm going to kill this black man. And he was a white nationalist. And, uh, you know, Marvin, Marvin heard that loud and clear. And when he went in that ring, he fought for his country. He fought for his city. He fought for himself and he fought for his race. And he, uh, I mean, if you watch that fight, man, it's, it's a pretty brutal three or four it rounds. Is. He just rushes that. Yeah. He almost <laughs> takes his head off and Alimenter ends up a bloody mess. They kill, they end the fight. And then, you know, what we said happened. So um, again, I think that uh, I think it's going to be a incredible book. I'm going to talk to a lot of Brockton folks that, you know, not just, you know, the people that were there in, in, in Las Vegas and, all that I'm going to talk to the Brockton guys who trained with them, the fighters who trained with them, the trainers who trained with them, their families, because this was a community story. It That's was. what it's about. It's about Brockton. You know, it again, not to be a broken record, but this is my love letter to Brockton, and I'm I'm excited to tell it, man. And thank you so much for having me on. No, man. When I when I heard, look, and people, Dave has been booked for like months dave was booked to come on this show like back in december when he first like you just put out a little tweet that you would I'm, i think i'm doing this book about Hagler, and i was like oh oh no oh no when when can we talk about this when can i get you on he was like man not yet he said you know let's let's look around february i got some things i gotta do blah blah blah, blah, blah you know and i'm like man shit <laughs> i could i could when you said that because I know what you've written. And for those who don't know, you know, I went and checked out your Writing with Evil book. And you actually did, like, this play on the book. Mm. And the and the place was sold out. Sold out. How did that feel? Not mm. not everybody goes to the movies. But mm. having a the Orpheum for a live acting out event for a book, a, a, a podcast type deal. What was that like? Because... You did that at a time where it was still kind of new to do a show like that on stage. And yet the who's who of, of Boston was there for this event that yeah. night. How did that make you yeah, and your partner no. feel on that? So Casey and I, uh, we, we wrote a book. I'll, uh, this one here and we did yeah, hunting one, whitey, yeah. the, the whitey bulger book. And so what we did was we, so during COVID as a lot of people did, you know, we had a podcast and it was a true crime podcast. It was called Saints, Saints Sinners, and Serial yes. Killers. It's out there now. You can still find it. It's on, you know, we we did two seasons. And uh, each episode is about a different crime story that Casey and I covered. And so uh, right after COVID, I think it was 2021 or 2022, we did a live show at the Wilbur Theater. In, uh, in That's downtown right. It was Boston. the Wilbur. We yep. Yeah, we sold it out in like a day and i was like holy shit so we did this show and we told four stories and it was great and, and then the next year we were like let's just do whitey so we got neil mcdonough who a lot of your listeners might know neil mcdonough mm -hmm. was in uh band of brothers yellowstone 
um, an actor. You know, he's a justified. He was in. I mean, he's a phenomenal character actor that is very well known. He's a Boston guy. He's from Dorchester, and uh, we did uh, a show. He played Whitey Bulger. We did that last year at the Wilburn. We sold it out again in minutes. And, uh, you know, to be up there on stage telling stories that we wrote with, you know, one of the great Hollywood actors acting in one of a role <clears throat> role that we created was certainly surreal and amazing. But it also showed us, like, we have a lot of different ways we can tell our stories. So right now what we're working on is, is you know, I have the, you know, obviously the Hagler book and all that, but Casey and I together are working on developing that Hunting Whitey show into a, a stage show called The Last Gangster. And really, we look at Whitey as like the last gangster after like Capone, Gotti, you know, and those guys like the last real gangster in American history is Whitey Bulger. So we're writing that story. We're redoing the script. We're going to try to bring it to a stage show. We may even do like a Netflix show on it. We're kind of working on that. So we got a lot of cool stuff going on there. Um, and then, you know, several of our other books are, are in development. You mentioned the biker book. You know, I, I'm, I'm actually waiting on a script right now. That book was optioned a couple of years, about a year and a half ago. And I'm waiting for the script. And as soon as that script's done, they're going to shop that and try to get, you know, an actor attached and all that. So mm. pretty much everything I do, Keith, is uh, my goal is to bring it to the stage, either live or TV or film. Um, this one here, the Hagler one, I, I, I feel like it's a, it's a feature film. Ooh, I, I can't look, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a movie nut like crazy. I love all the behind the scenes. Look, I can't wait till you start trying to find your Hagler. I'm, I'm like, shit, I can't wait for that. I can't wait for that. When you gotta try to find yeah. that person that's going to capture I'm, I'm real excited the Hagler I, essence. I agree. I agree. I'm very excited to get a filmmaker on board, you know, and, and you know, obviously we want to, we want to get the best of the best in Hollywood. So we are in some talks right now. I can't really get into details, but we we've, we've got some offers right now already. So mm. I, I think that, uh, listen, ultimately, man, like I love this city. I think you know that, and I'm not yep. going to do it wrong. And I, I think the city's in good hands and these stories are in good hands with me. Man, That's what I do. I'm gonna do it. I'll tell you, there's a, there's a, there's a few guys out there doing boxer movies right, right now. Ryan Coogler, who did these uh, Creed movies, but now um, he's the, the other gentleman. He's behind the camera now. He did that last Creed and acted at the same time in the film. Um, there's a lot of people out there, but like I said, the key yeah. here is finding the right haggler. I mean, I couldn't, I can't wait to hear, you know, how that goes down. Cause I, right now I can't see anybody out there right now who could play well, a lot of people right are saying Mike, Michael B. Jordan, but Michael B. Jordan. Nah, he's got, he yeah, he's got thing, Creed. You, know I mean? you can't, yeah, right, you right, can't right. put Michael but B. Jordan on that. Every, and everybody's going to say, Mike, but, nah. But he can be the director. He can be the producer. That's what I'm saying. He can yes. find that right person, you know? And if you watched, um, I don't know if you watched uh, uh, Winning Time, the Lakers series. Did you watch Winning yes. Time? Yes, that's a great, so a great if, show. If if you watch Winning Time, right, all those actors were unknown guys, but mm -hmm. they were cast very well. The guy who played Kareem was phenomenal. The guy who played Magic was amazing. The, the only bird big guy stars too. Were really John, John C. Riley, the Bird guy was great, but the guy you know John C. Riley played Jerry Buss, but he was really the only kind of big star. So that's I right. feel like with with this one, we're gonna have to find a Hagler that's gonna just like fit the role. 
doesn't have to be a star. He just has to be the right guy with the right chops. So we'll get there. But the biggest point to me is to get the right filmmaker involved. And I think we'll That's get right. there. Man. Whew. My, 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 my prayers are up. My movie, my movie God call prayers. You. Before I sign anyone up, I'm calling you and be like, Keith, this guy. Because if you don't think he works, he's not getting the job. Man, yeah, they, they, they got a capture. Like I said, there's a, there's a lot of. Yo. Of Brockton. There's a there's a lot of good moments in that Hagler career. There's just there's just so many that you can think of. You you talk about that moment when he hurt Hearns and Hearns is running away and looks back and he's smiling and Hagler's like, nah, this ain't over. This ain't you know, and, and then all the crap he went through with John Mugabe the beast, and they went I forget what late night show they went on, and Hagler was just like, I don't even want to talk. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't even want to talk guy. to you. He, he was a very interesting guy, too, because, like, he was a, you know, he suddenly became a huge celebrity, and he was kind of reluctant about it because he was just a right. fighter, you know what I mean? And all of a sudden, he's on David Letterman. He's on, you know, all these shows, you know, and uh, I think that, you know, Marvin ultimately uh, was a blue-collar guy, right. and he had blue-collar trainers and blue-collar managers, and that's kind of the story I'm going to tell is, like, because I think they fought that uh, boxing uh, elitism for a long time, and it it kind of culminated with that fight in in England. And people, where all people, of a sudden, you know, yeah, and home. people forget too. He was so down home that you could go in the Tip Top Cafe one night and he'd be in there. You could go in El Dio's and he could be in there. You could go to Supreme Way House lose. of Pizza and he'd be all these places he would be yeah. in. And you know what? Yeah. People respected him. It wasn't like people got all fanboyed. You know what I'm saying? Here in Brockton, yeah. Marvin was like family to everybody. So, yeah. you know, if him and his wife were out, people respected him. He could sit yeah. in LDOs. He could sit in these restaurants and eat. You could go to Star Market at that time. There was no shots. I was stopping and see him shopping and just be like, damn, there's Marvin. Hey, what's up, man? What's up? Good, good, good. You know? And he was just, yeah. he was yeah. so down home like that, that I wish a lot of people today would be like that some of these celebrities yeah. and stuff that act a certain way today marvin was really a down home dude you know and like i said it was yeah, 100%. just crazy you know one of the things one of the things since this project has been announced is i've been getting a million messages like you're talking about from people that are like i lived over on you know north Cary street and i used to see marvin blah blah everyone's like i haven't had one person send me a message like marvin was a bad person everyone's messages are like I used to see him here. I used to see, he was, one time he signed an autograph. I met him. Here. All great stories. Like he was beloved. He was truly beloved. And I do think that again, uh, his story has not been properly told. And I think that um, I think I'm gonna do him justice, man. I think it's be great. Uh, Linda Damasio in the chat. Linda says, "Will this be? Will this? Will this be just a fighting career, or will this be his personal story and struggles be included?" His his demons so to so it, it's gonna be a little it's gonna be a, a little both and, and again you know this is gonna be a period piece it's gonna be from when he left newark until the minter fight that's the story i'm telling so i'm not telling hearns leonard you know oh, okay. career in Italy. i'm ending it with the minter fight that's my story oh, and, uh, it, you killed do, bro dude that's a secret trust me trust me this this is this is the way to tell the story because it's oh. the really, 
the essence of who Marvin was, like him and his family, oh. like you people from Brockton don't even and you and I we, we love Marvin, but like the people in Newark, like they real they left some craziness down there, dude. Like the stuff imagine. that they survived as a family was really shocking. So that's a big part of the story, I think. You know, I don't know if anyone saw that movie Detroit. I don't know if you saw oh, that. Yeah, but filmed here. Very, filmed very, here. very similar. Very yeah. similar. No, you want to talk about George Floyd and things like that? Like all that stuff times 11 was what was going on down in Newark at that time. <clears throat> uh, you know, those young men being plucked off the street and beaten and killed all the time. So Marvin and his family, you know, uh, experienced that and they escaped it. And that's a big part of the story. And it's a big part of what made Marvin who he was. He was mm -hmm. very distrustful of authority. He didn't want to deal with uh, with with the establishment. Mm -hmm. And the establishment knew that. So it hurt his career. And that's the whole point of my story is like he had to fight that until he got, you know, his title. Once mm -hmm. he got the title, now all of a sudden he's a champion. Everyone loves him. But before that, it was very uh, it was a tough road for Marvin. And that's the story yeah, I'm gonna tell. I can't wait. I can't yeah. wait. I'm I'm here for it, and and it's great stuff. So people, yeah. please, please, please follow this man. Tell them how they can follow you on social media and stuff, Dave. Yeah, just grab me on on Instagram. Is probably the best way at David M Michael David M Wedge. Uh, that or Facebook. You can just Google me, find me there. Uh, connect with me through Keith. Support uh support this show. You know, support the booth. I mean. It's great community journalism. You're, you're doing some great stuff, man. And I love seeing you rolling around in your vehicles. You always surprise <laughs> me when I see you. I'm like, who's this dude rolling up in this Batman mobile? <laughs> I saw you in the seaport. I was like, what's going on? But, uh, you're gonna be out I'll have to take Saint you for Patrick's a ride. You'll be like, holy Christ. Let's go. I'll have to take you're you for a ride. St. Patrick's Day Parade this year? You know what? I, I, I'm, I'm back Feeling good, like we all know last year. Everybody knows around this time last year I got hit by a car, and it messed yep. up my entire year. Um, it sucked. Last last year really sucked. Um, this year, yeah, yeah. I'm back to doing some DJing. I've already got gigs lined up. Um, the St. Paddy's Day Parade, I don't think I'll be doing that. I think I'm going to be doing um, Maggie Valley for Memorial Day, and I might... I might do Veterans Day this year in Brockton, and I'm definitely doing the holiday parade. I'll be ready to go for the holiday parade awesome. this year in Brockton. And um, I, I can't wait. I can't wait. I'll be seeing you sometime again down at the Brockton Beer Club. I'm sure that's a great spot that a lot of people go 100%, to. Great man. Food. Yeah, I, I, man. I, I, all your listeners out there support Brockton Beer Company, Black-owned brewery right there, in, right there in Brockton, the only black majority city in New England. Uh, and again, you know, the, the mayor is a great friend of mine. And, and I, I feel like, as we talked about Keith, like, you know, guys like us that grew up in the city, it's just, we're all in this together, you know, that's mm -hmm. it. And we're all fighting for our peace and we're all supporting our city and, and, and we're a team and that's the way it goes. And, uh, I really would encourage people, you know, the Brockton high stuff is very discouraging right now, but I would, I would encourage people if you're concerned about it. Talk to someone. Well, get out. That's that's get, some get of my involved. topics. That, get involved. That's you know? part of my topics. How much time you got left? Can you hang on with us tonight? I can hang for ten minutes. Ten minutes is good. Okay, yeah, 15, yep. We can get ready. Right fifteen. What do you want? You tell <clears throat> me. Um, we we actually, to be honest, we only got fifteen minutes left to the show. <laughs> 
Sure. So I'm so we, we, we can get into my topics, and Dave can chime in on some of these topics. This is a guy that, you know, he, he, even though he wrote books, he did his stint over in the papers. You know, this is a guy that's he knows his stuff, so he can he can chime in on anything. Tom McGinty, what's going on? I see you watching. Long-term guy, worked at Everett Auto Parts for a long time. He's up in New Hampshire, Tom McGinty. Drop your links to your place in New Hampshire in the chat, Tom, so people can check you out. So we're going to get into the news booth right now real quick. <clears throat> And as we were talking about, um, Governor Healy says no to the National Guard at Brockton High. Um, one of the reasons why she said it wasn't about the, the, the thinking outside the box by the school committee members who thought of this. It wasn't about the issues of why they should. The reason is money. The, the, she, Maura Healy said one of the reasons why is we've got this audit um, at our last subcommittee meeting. Um, there's a chance that Brockton could lose out on getting grants because we haven't paid our debts. Um, and you still have to pay for the National Guard to come in here. This isn't something that you just get. And her feeling is is that if you can't pay for all this other stuff, how do we expect you to pay for the National Guard to come in? Um, and that's and that's kind of what why she said no. Um, she loved the thinking outside the box. Um, I love the thinking outside the box. I understand what they were trying to do is because Brockton High has been somewhat compromised. You have these volunteers and and young guys that they hired as as staff members, but when you see some of these videos, some of these guys are holding walkie-talkies and they're right there clowning around with the students. I'm hearing stories of some of these guys flirting with the teenage girls. So I can see why you want to get rid of everybody and just bring something in that's going to help you get this school back on its track. People forget that there's 4,000 students here. So now, uh, one of the stories, for example, um, they had to turn down the sensitivity of the metal detectors because the kids weren't getting through the metal detectors in time. And I know what the problem is. You have 5% of the kids whose parents were getting that call and saying your kid was late for class. And then the parent says, well, why were you late to class? Oh, I was tied up at the metal detectors and blah, blah, blah. But they leave out the fact that, no, you went to the other side of the cafeteria to dap it up with your friend. You didn't get to class because the other 95% of the kids were making it to class on time and getting through the metal detectors on time. So this is where part of this problem is. And I see a lot of people talking about repeal 222. And I get it. But at the end of the day, it still comes down to bad parenting that repealing of the of the 222 these are repeat kids that 222 is about repeat offenders me and dave when we grew up if you did something bad in school and your dad had to bring you to school trust and believe me you got the word if he missed two hours pay because he had to bring your ass back to sign you in the school guess what it was i don't want to be missing any more pay <laughs> right dave <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. You, <laughs> yeah, no, I listen, I, I agree, man. And, you know, I, I uh look, I've I've I I'm a graduate of Brockton High. I've I taught at Brockton High for a couple of years after I left uh I in 1999, 2000, I taught at Brockton High. I taught English. It was 20 years ago, whatever. So different time. Uh I follow what's going on now and I'm I'm concerned about the school. Um I know because I go back and speak at the school uh, every mm -hmm. couple of years. I speak to the English classes and teach them about writing and all that stuff. And I know there's uh, so many great kids there right now. Yes. But there is uh, you and I, I think, disagree a little bit on the, uh, the the call for the National Guard. I just feel like Tony Rodriguez and the rest of the school committee members 
should have gone to the mayor and had that conversation mm -hmm. and said, look, here's what we're thinking. What do you think? And had a had a collaborative conversation instead of going to the press. And they did that because they wanted to uh, to embarrass the mayor and they wanted to, uh, you know, get some publicity for themselves. And I think that was shitty, frankly. And I think it was counterproductive. Um, I don't know Tony Rodriguez at all, but I, I don't like what he did. I don't think it helped the city. He embarrassed mm. the city on a national level. It was on Fox News. Uh, it was on CNN. And, it, and what did it say? It didn't say, uh, you know, school committee members want to help their city. What did it say? It said school is so out of control, they need the National Guard. It embarrassed right. the city. And it's embarrassing to me as a Brockton High graduate. It's embarrassing to the city. And I'm disgusted that it happened. And uh, if anyone wants to talk to me about it, you can find me on social media. I'll come meet you and have a coffee and we'll talk about it. I don't <laughs> well, like that shit, man. And I don't and like funny, that shit. And you embarrassed Alan my said city. That hey, listen, you embarrassed my city nationally. And I don't put up with that. And that's separate from what I do with the mayor. The mayor's my friend, but I don't like it. It did. It wasn't cool, and it didn't help. It made things worse. Was it a good idea? Maybe, but let's talk about it. Let's talk right, about it like right. adults among the policymakers and decide whether or not it's a good policy. But that's not what they did. They they went right to the press because it was an easy, cheap hit, and it embarrassed a lot of people and embarrassed the city. And I think it's a terrible, terrible look for the city. That said, does the city need help? A hundred percent. We need help because the city is not, uh, you know, we've had layoffs at the schools, as you know, uh, Keith, we, we've we've had, you know, 100, mm -hmm. 150 teachers laid off. You know, the police have had their powers reined in. Um, and it's, you know, it, the, the, the kids got their phones and there's fights and there's TikTok and all this. So we got to deal, oh, with, it. Just, let's deal yeah. with it. As a let's deal with it as a community. Because when you and I went there, what happened when shit went down? We dealt with it as a community. That's not what's happening right now. It's very and, and I tell people that. I say, I, I said my earliest, my earliest memory of Brockton High violence was Patrick Hogu, who hit a white girl in the cafeteria with a pipe. And that was that was almost nationwide news, and it was a black eye for the city of Brockton. The only reason why it didn't stay in the media was because Brockton High's football team was just so huge across the nation. So that that story kind of you know went by the wayside. But Brockton has been this part of problems for a minute. And like you said, you know the school committee. I was like, it, it was nice to see them thinking out the box. But yes, when they went to the press, I I felt like it was a strategy thing. Um, we've been having, my thing was, is we've been having school committee meetings, like almost every Tuesday or Wednesday, either at the Arnold school. So it should have kind of been brought up in the meetings before. Oh, I agree. A hundred percent. I agree. Bring and I think that's appropriate forum. A hundred percent. And that's where, and, and tonight, tonight, that's where they're at. They're at the meetings tonight. So I'd like to see where that's going to get handled, but and like you said, we can agree to disagree on it, but guess what it did, though? One thing it did do, it got people in this city talking. I agree. I if agree. You, even if you don't agree with what the school committee did, it got everybody in this. And when this standout happened, the discussions were happening. The people who weren't happy about that and people who were, and now we're talking. Okay, we're all mad about this, but we need a solution. Everybody 
one common goal. The kids is what's important. And that's yeah. the and in the and like I said, the sad thing that everybody says that bad parenting keeps popping up into this equation. No, I that, agree. With, I, I without, agree. without, with the, with this bad parenting there, nothing can move really forward until the bad parent. And this isn't just a Brockton thing. The bad parenting thing is across the nation. I just saw this yeah. whole story about Menden or Medway, Mass, which is a white community. Yet they're talking about they have to shut shut down their supermarket to kids on half a days because the kids are going into the supermarkets. And and raising TikTok, holy hell, thinking that they're going to become yeah, all these super well, well, listen, and tearing the store apart. You're a hundred percent right, Keith, and and that's what frustrates me again because you know, as you and I know, like none of this shit is about race, none of it. Like none of what goes on in Brockton is about race, and the stuff that goes on in Boston it should not be about race. But like I know in Brockton, it's never about race. It's about frustration. It's about class. It's about kids. It's about youth. It's about authority. All that stuff. You know, race was not something that we really thought about a lot in Brockton, but it's always painted by the media and the general public as like a racial issue. Like, you know, these this urban school that's out of control, you know, 80 percent minority and all that. It doesn't matter if it's 50 percent. When I was there, it was 50, 60 percent. And if we had phones back then, it would have been just as out of control as it is now. But it, but but we didn't. So it wasn't. But to your point, you know, you got the stuff in Medway. My sister-in-law is a teacher in Weymouth. She reports similar situations. You know, these kids are mm. frustrated. They're angry. There's a fight and the kids rip out their phones. You know, other friends I have down in Taunton and New Bedford and Lawrence, like it's all the same. It's not Brockton. It's just Brockton today. It's Brockton today. But how Brockton handles this uh, is going to be very important. Exactly. It's going to be very important. Yeah. And that's where I do tip my hat to Tony Rodriguez and the folks that you're talking about because they got the conversation going. And I believe the mayor, as my friend, is open to having a conversation with these folks to say, how <laughs> can we all come together and solve this so that we can move forward and show other communities the right way? And I think one of them is you know, I believe it was Lowell banned the phones in the schools. Yes, and they that's did. that's something Brockton's talking about. They're talking about those packages and you put your the phone pouches, in The pouches, yeah. Yep, yep. I think that's a good idea because the phones definitely escalate things. So, And they, I uh, heard they're going back to um, parents dropping the kids off when they're suspended. Um, they had got away from that. And I was like, wow, yeah. you got away from I'm like, man, you should have never gotten away from that because I'll tell you, a, a parent don't want to be going back and forth to school to bring a kid to sign them back in after being While they're suspended. trying to work. That, yeah, While that should have never, never been gotten rid of. Never have gotten rid of. Alan Bercy says, yes, he's agreeing with us. Kevin Edwards, thank you for watching. Felicia, thank you for watching. Bring the mentors back. Yep, that's it's a microcosm of problems in Brockton High right now. Uh, losing the mentors. There's a, there's a ton of stuff I could spend the whole show on that. Um, but again, well, I Keith, love everybody. I'll, I'll say, I will say real quick, yep. everybody out there that has an opinion on this, I would suggest you go back and, you know, if you're a person that has a, you know, a business in the city or you're a professional person, go talk to someone, you know, on the school committee or the, or in the school administration, ask how you can help, ask how you mm -hmm. can weigh in. I go back and speak to the kids. I talk to the English kids. I talk to the, talk to the kids that can write. That's my job. You know, if you're a shop guy, you own an auto shop, you own a friggin' plumbing business, you own a, a, a construction business, go and talk to these kids. Like, these kids need some hope. 
They need some understanding. They need to see someone from their community that went through the school system they went through, and they need to talk to them and say, how can I get out of this school and make something of myself? Because they don't see enough of it. They don't. And I think it's people like you, Keith, that are in the media. You can go back and talk to these kids and go, hey, you can make a career in the media. Here's how you do it. Might not work the way I did it, but here's how I did it. I actually talked to the new principal, Mr. Mr. Kevin McCaskill. Um, McCaskill, people, right. Yep, people actually How's introduced he? him. He's a good guy. I and he haven't met him yet. Um, he was talking about what I did, and I said, you know, I would love this summer to add a podcast program to the Brockton Summer at Summer Night program. Great idea. Great start idea. out when school closes. Start out the kids that will be in this program. We'll, I'll teach them how to start there and develop their own process of, of a podcast. And then at, to close out the program heading into fall, um, they'll have a show. I'm going to teach them Love how it. to put together template letters to ask for people for interviews. And um, we're going to go that route. I think I'm going to do that. I, I, I said to myself, it's time to kind of step up. You know, I've had a lot of people in my inbox about a lot of things, political things. But I'm, I, I like to be behind the scenes. I'm not a rah-rah type guy right. you know me I'm, I'm a behind the scenes type guy so um, i think that's we'll a great idea though keith I, I think those kids you know they need those opportunities and again when i go back and speak at the schools it's never like uh oh i solved you know the world's problems but like there's one or two kids that come up to me afterwards and like hey mr wedge i really appreciated your your, your thoughts and your words right. um I, I would like to you know i'd like to talk a little more and every now and then i get a, a social media message i was actually at boston college uh, for a meeting a couple of about a month ago, and I was getting a coffee at the Starbucks on Lower Campus, and I ran in. This young girl came over to me, young Haitian girl, and she was working there at the cafeteria. And she was like, "Are you uh, Mr. Wedge?" And I said, "Yeah." And she goes, "You came and talked to my class." She's like, "I'm at Boston College because because of the things you talked to me about." And she nice. was a writer. And she was an English major and I almost cried. It made me so happy. Like I was like, wow, it's so nice to meet you. I ended up, I sat down, I had a coffee with her for a half hour, but like as adults, we have to put in the time. That's right. That's what it takes. That's right. You have to That's sit right. down and talk to these kids because they, they need to hear it. So. I, got six. I, I I think that's awesome, Keith. You should do that, man, because the kids yeah, would I'm love gonna, it. I'm going to jump on it. We got and six minutes. Let's blow through these more topics. So as I Let's said go. tonight, the meeting is happening tonight, 7 o'clock. I think it's all over. Um, so if you did go down to the Brockton School Committee meeting. Thank you. <laughs> I know, exactly. Also in the news booth, Wendy's is hinting at surge pricing in the future. Now, I love my Baconators. And if I'm going to go to Wendy's at lunch and order a Baconator, but you're going to charge me 15 bucks versus the $7 because it's surge pricing like they do with Uber and Lyft. Guess what, Wendy's? I won't be using Wendy's no more. That that surge pricing is dead to me in restaurants. No way. I'm not I'm not down for that. In the legal booth, uh, Star Witness, Fannie Willis hearing, backtracks on the dating dates. Um, he's now saying that he he's not sure of the dates that he thinks that Fannie Willis and her male counterpart had started dating. That's going to be an issue. We'll see what happens here. And then in the entertainment booth, New Breteau, New Productions gets $5,000 donated to his latest project report card by the Brockton Cultural Council. 5000 to Newbie Productions on report card. 
And Dave, we're ready. Here we go. The MIAA playoff brackets have been announced. 2024 high school hockey and basketball tournaments already. Who are you hearing that might be that tough school to beat this year in hockey or basketball? Oh, I, you got the wrong guy. You need to talk to my man, Leo Janikoski, for this stuff. You know Leo, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I mean, you know, I got to go with my man, Chris Cunningham, over at, uh, you know, former Brockton High uh, coach and hockey player. I believe he's over at, uh, is he at Zavarian now? Yep. Is that where Chris is? Yeah, I think Zavarian's. Zavarian's in there. Yep, Zavarian is in yeah, there. Uh, but I don't think they were the number one seed. Um, I, I was going to actually go over and talk about the number one seeds, but we're going to run short time. But, yeah, it's already that time of year. Hockey and basketball tournaments. Um, March Madness. Is Brockton High? High I don't think Brockton High made the cut. I don't think. I was trying to find them. I didn't didn't see them make that cut for the tournament. Um, Alan Bercy is in the chat. He's up on that. He'll drop it if they are. But I don't think they made the cut for the tournament this year. Um, But we'll, we'll see if somebody knows and can correct me. Please drop that in the chat. And, again, we're also coming up on March Madness. Those brackets are going to be announced real soon and speaking of college football next year ea sports returns with their college football video game edition guess what college players eligible for 2025 college football can opt in to the ea sports game they'll get paid 600 dollars to be in the game and a copy of the game for free and their likeness of them will be in the in the ea sports football game 600 bucks ain't bad um to have your likeness in the football game. Um, in the Biden bombshells. Only one topic really to talk about this week that's big. Nikki Haley lost her own state of South Carolina. Not only did she lose her own state of South Carolina and said that she's still in this race till the end. Guess what, Nikki? You might have to backtrack on that one because <laughs> Charles Cock, your financial campaign financer today announced that he's pulling out of backing Nikki Haley. Elitists run this country. Elitists run this country. I tell people time and time again, it's not about Democrats and Republicans. It's about elitists and who has the most power and the most money. Billionaire Charles Koch of the Koch Network has pulled out of Nikki Haley's campaign. Guess what that means, people? Done. Done. Trump is going to be the Soul Republican nominee, the RNC is going to put that label on him. There's nobody else out there. And uh, that's it. That's it, people. It's just a matter of time. She's going to come out. I'm going to give it till tomorrow. He pulled his financing today. I, I'm going to say Nikki Haley will come out tomorrow. And it'll be real interesting to see what Nikki Haley says. Is she going to throw her support behind Trump? Or is she just going to just apologize for not being able to run this race and leave it at that. I, 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 I'm, I'm real interested to see how this goes. Um, Dave, your thoughts on that before we get out of here? Yeah, I mean, I, I think she probably just steps down and walks away. I don't, I don't see her throwing a support <clears throat> behind Trump. She seemed to be the counter Trump. So I think she'll just kind of like peace out, you know, as she should. She should like save face and just walk away. Like, look, the guy is on a freight train right now and – I, I hate to say it, you know, I'm not a supporter of Trump, but that guy's train is rolling and he, he's going to roll to the presidency. And I've, I've never seen anything like it. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's 
it's kind of messed up, but it's it crazy. Weird. Like I said on this show, you know, I thought, I thought the RNC, you know, was was really going to push and keep their wagons behind DeSantis, but DeSantis couldn't get it done. He couldn't get it done. Uh, his nope. battle with Disney is probably, in my opinion, is one of the things that did him in that battle yeah. with Disney and the legal stuff behind Disney. Um, yeah, man. Um, Linda DiMaggio says she's going to vote for RFK Jr. Um, he's not making a lot of noise, though, Linda. I don't, I don't see it. I don't. He's got that name. I just don't see it. Just don't see RFK making that noise, Linda. But, we but need I, a great I, Democrat. I, we don't have one. That's the, <clears throat> I blame the Democratic Party for this mess. Like it, the Democratic yep. Party should have had a bench, and you know they kind of rode that Obama wave, and they just kind of sat on the sidelines instead of developing new talent. And now we are where we are with an eighty-three-year-old guy that can barely stand up. And the funny there. thing is, is I thought they had two people who I thought that they were going to put their wagons behind. I thought they were going to jump into Stacey Abrams. Out of out of Georgia, I thought yep. she was going to be their person, and then there was the gentleman from New York, who's very outspoken. I thought they were going to throw it into in, for him, and they didn't. They just let it, and I don't get it. I don't get it. They, so like it, I said, they, they they've rode the Obama wave, which is Biden. They've rode that wave, and they 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 miscalculated. It's it's yeah. It's going to get real interesting. Good. Interesting. Uh, Alan Bercy says California governor Governor Newsom. It's too late. I think if they were going to bring Newsom into this, I think they would have had to have brought him in. I think it's too late. We're 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 already in February. Elections in I November. Agree. I agree. Yeah, I agree. yeah. Um, Felicia says this is Bella. We should listen to the students. Why are they acting out? She's they are. Right. They do. Yeah, she's right. She's right. She's right. We should listen to the students. We want to talk to the students. That's what I was saying earlier. Like. The students need to talk to the administration. That's my problem with what the school committee did. Like, did they go and talk to the kids? The, you know, the kids need to be heard. And that's always where the solution is, is, is with the people actually experiencing it. Um, my last thought here tonight, Keith, is this. Like, thank you for what you do. Thank you for this great community forum. Uh, I'm excited for my book, Celebrating Brockton. And I also hope that uh, what's going on at the high school will get turned around, but it's going to get turned around by the kids and their families, not by the administrators, not by the police, not by the National Guard or anyone else. It's going to get turned around by the kids in those halls and their families. So please, all of you out there, take care of each other, love each other, and uh, make make yourselves proud, make the school proud. That's my message, you know? Right, right. And this is for Bella, for those people who don't want to listen to the students. Sit down. <laughs> Sit down. Hey, that's our show. It's 803. Great stuff. I got to thank my man for coming on the show here. Uh, for those who are watching the beanies and things of that sort, check those beanies out. Sold out. I know every time I show the beanies, everybody's like, Keith, you know, what's going on? Uh, we got Ryan's ride coming up. And... Um, June 22nd. Check that out. And um, hey, I got to thank Dave for coming on the show. Good stuff. And um, you got to get ready to get out of here. So um, what I'm going to do here is I'm going to play the... I think I'm going to play the... Um, where I was at the other day. And um, yesterday. And give you guys a little taste of that. And then we're going to get out of here. And SpongeBob is going to take us home.
is what we'll do here. I'm going to bring this on for you guys right now. Here we go. If you missed it, if you haven't seen it, this is the standout with some great interviews. And again, I want to thank Dave for coming on the show here. And here we go. Try new McDonald's sauce now. Now? Huh? The race to McDonald's is on! Yeah! Try new savory chili McDonald's sauce only at McDonald's. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. Go! Thank <laughs> you. 
It's the key. Did you see the sign?
Fontaine, Fred Fontaine here. Can you speak about this standout real quick on here? Well, quickly, my friend, it's very nice to see you this morning and then see all those coming back to school. Hopefully, everything will be fine in Brockton because not the bad news really helping Brockton. Now, we need to see some good news about what's happening in Brockton. We need each other help. Parents and teachers, we get to bring that city back again. Again, guys, let's stay in touch. I appreciate that, man, that you're coming. Everybody's coming in, all those kids coming in. And let's support those kids. They need the support, guys. All right? All right. Have a good day, my friend. Thank you, Mr. Fontaine. No Thank problem. Thank you for coming on. Thank you again. No, no problem. Yeah. Very interested in this sign. Can you just come yes. on to them key pages of the booths and the one? Sure. And can we talk about the signs that you have to introduce yourself? Yeah, I made a bunch that are very like student forward and you know trying to be positive, give them some some uplifting words because they deserve it. But also, I think we need to remember some of the issues at the end of the day. And that's lack of leadership, lack of money, and I understand as disciplinary they just keep locking the bathrooms. I don't care what they're doing in the bathroom. You can't, you can't deny a child access. Thank you for coming out and oh, thank you for your support. I got Matt standing oh, here. I didn't want to say three. Nope. Quick question. What's up? Um, I see a lot of parents here for this yeah. standout. But for a school of close to 4,000 students, I feel like there should be more parents out here, more parent activity. Well, you know what I mean? A lot. You see, Keith, you see a lot of parents are bringing their kids to school. Yep. You see that? So I understand that. Some have to go to work. That's why they got the buses coming in. I'm not faulting. There's no fault on any parent for not being out here today. This is just a community, and I can't stand these news people here that anybody that talks to them is ridiculous because this is just about a community showing these kids right there on that bus wow. tell them to have a good day at school be safe that's right. it thank you Matt where's our political officials we need them here uh, I see, you see anybody Fred Fontaine so far Fred Fontaine to be honest I'd rather not uh, well, where's, the, where's the current community. one community where's our delegation from the state 
Seven school committee yes, members. We, we did have a congressman on the ideas. call. There was a congressman on the call. Stephen Lynch. Was on the call. Mr. Lynch was on the call yep. the other night. The yeah, okay. yeah. He was actually, it's a subcommittee he was, meeting call. Yeah, I was, I was impressed yeah. with him. And that was that was a very strong meeting. He was. He was. Um, he was going to there was a lot that came out in that meeting. Yeah. A lot that came that out was. in that meeting. We've got some. We've got a lot of problems. Yeah. The fact that we could lose the ability to get grants yeah. for our school system is is scary. Well, fact that grants were out there that expired <laughs> and they just kept getting paid great have a good day guys see if I can get some more people thank you Matt <laughs> How you doing, Mr. Hayes? Not bad, not bad. Ms. Hodges, can you get you on the show real quick? Go ahead, go ahead. Talk about this real quick. Good, good turn I feel it can be a little better, but it's nice to see some people out here. So I got Ms. Hodges on here. You want to talk about this real quick? Yes, uh, I'm so happy to see all the people come here to, in support of Brockton High School. I am a supporter also. My kids all has graduated, but I am still here for the teachers, the staff, and the students. And I think this is the first, you know, it's a start right now. This is the start. We need the support throughout the whole year. We have to first give the principal a chance to address the issues. We just got a new principal. So we has to make sure that he learn all the students, learn about the students, learn what's going on. I mean, concerned parents are here. You can look around here. We are here today. I am also here for if anyone need me, anyone want to talk to me. I had three kids that graduated from this school. This school was in the top ten at one time, the top ten. Now I am very disappointed at what's going on at the school. But I think that it can become back an excellent, very good school. If all of us can work together and work with everyone, it can be a better school back again. Thank you. Cool. Thank you very much, Ms. Hodges. Nice talking to you. Thank you. Hey, Fred. Hey. Go, Fred. Thank you. <laughs> He's doing his thing, man. You know, he's doing his thing, right? He's always, he's always. A couple of Brocktonians right here. Hey, what's up, brother? Brockton Beer, we're live on the air. This is John Williams. Let's talk. We want to just give a quick comment about this turnout real quick, guys.
kids, we should always have been worried about our kids. Always. Good to see you, man. Always. No matter what, we should have been worried about our children. And we didn't. We slept. Alright, man. Angel Cosme, we're live on the booth right now. A lot of Brock people here. You want to speak on this real quick, sir? Yeah, just just the beauty and the power of the community, man. It's, it's uh, a lot of people may say this is symbolic, but it's just a, a sign of solidarity. Um, we love our teachers and we love our students, and there's power in the community when we come together. This is just one demonstration of that. Um, we're gonna we're gonna chop it up and figure out ways to uh, to deal with the situation, but just want to show love to the teachers and students. That's why we're here. I think Matt was right. A lot of parents were dropping their kids off, and now they're coming up to be here in line. So we are starting to see a lot more parents show up, a lot more people dropping their kids off, and now they're coming up here. So it's a good, good amount of number. Thank you, Angel. Of Days of the booth here, real quick. Yes, sir. Um, was it? I want to just get you real quick. Yeah, sure. Um, right. let, let, let me do this interview real quick. Okay. Let me do this real quick. Um, Gary, why are you here right now? Um, I want you to talk about parents. Third person. Actually, I had seven kids who graduated with the Brockton um, school system. All of them turned out fine. I now have uh, working on my ten grandchildren coming through the system. So I'm out here, actually, as you know, in the years past, always supporting the community. You know. Um, because my kids have graduated through the system does not mean I should drop off. We need to stay involved and I, I get my kids to actually uh, get involved. Because these kids going through the school right now are our next political leaders, okay? Our next uh, pastors of churches, our next teachers. You know, a couple, a couple of my, uh, my daughter and a, a few of my nieces are teachers in the school system. So I'm here to support. You know, our kids need help. They say that the parents don't have the teachers back. Is, is, that, is that true? The parents have the teachers back no more, and that's what was different. You know something? I think, that, I think you know, that's partly true. 
Okay, that's probably true because of the fact that listen, when we were coming up, and I know I'm a lot older, but uh, you know, your parents did not want you did not want your parents to get a letter from your teacher. Okay, because the the your, the, uh, the parents supported the teachers back then. Okay, and you knew you were in a world of trouble. Nowadays, it's that mentality of my kid didn't do anything wrong. Okay, um, I've never used that in my family and raising my children. You know, because they were their kids. Okay, the kids and kids will get into mysterious uh, activities. We have to support the teachers, and when we support and respect the teachers, your kids will have to support and respect the teachers. And I think that's the bottom line. Thank you, sir. Hi, man. Nice to have you, Mike. Yeah, what's up? Real quick, talk about this. You're actually working on the film about this whole thing? Yeah, Ooh. we're going to document about inner city education, so we're going to go all over the country. But, you know, we figure Brockton, this is my home, hometown over here, so we want to make sure that we're highlighting what's going on in the city of Brockton. Um, you know, the bad stuff and the good stuff. You know, this, this is this is, this is a, you know, stuff that's going on in, around the school systems around the whole country. I don't want this to be a, a, a Brockton thing. So we're going to highlight some good things. There's some damn good things going on in the school system in Brockton. We want to talk the music, the music program, second to none. The drawing program, second to none. So we should also talk about that. You know, we have a little news clip right here about the National Guard. The fact of the matter is this, is that it's a small percentage getting a, a bigger uh, a pie of the attention. Having said that, it needs to be addressed. So hopefully this documentary will look at these issues, um, you know, try to find solutions to address these issues, but also look at some ways that we can kind of come together and improve education overall. Thank you, Luke. I really appreciate stuff. you, man. Yeah, no problem. I'll be seeing you. Is that a new development? I announced it last uh, Wednesday night. Commissioner Riley told me about that last Wednesday. There's a school committee meeting tonight. Uh, we have a policy meeting tomorrow night at 6, 7 o'clock special school committee meeting. And then a regular one is next week. Okay. In National Guard, I know it's not coming. Is that going to be discussed at all this week? Or no, that that's not on the agenda. No. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Um, and as far as the safety, can you go into detail about you know what could be tackled here first at Brockton High School? I know there's a lot. Yeah, I mean I'm not I'm not law enforcement. I'm not a safety expert. I rely on the experts. I do know that uh, Chief Brenda Perez has been working with the administration. Uh, it's all hands on deck. So again, I'm excited that Desi is going to support that endeavor, uh, and we're going to get some tangible results. And I don't know when it will start, and I don't know how long it takes, but I'm excited that they're going to uh, focus on Brockton High. Thank, Thank you, Mayor Thank you. Thank you. No, I just want to thank everybody for being here. I want to thank the pastors and the parents. This is what Brockton's about, coming together for a common purpose. Our purpose right now is to support our students and our staff here at Brockton High. And as a graduate of Brockton High, I'm just so excited to see the turnout here today. Very good turnout. Thank you. Thank you, thank thank you my thank friend. Thank you very much.
Another community leader, Jed, I'm live. You want to give a word real quick to the booth and what's going on here? Well, it's, it, so it's a, well, it's a unity rally to let the students know that we all support them. There's a lot of different opinions, even within this crowd, you know, of like, I mean, if you go online, there's, there's so many oh, yeah, people yeah, that yeah. It's a debatable need to support issue. the teachers. People say they're critical of the union. Others say we need to support the union. Some then say, well, what about the paras? I mean, it goes, you know, to say the least of the thing about the guard and, you know, so you have people, Blue Lives Matter people, you know, had people had no problem with the police being on that kid's neck, but allow saying we don't need the military in the schools. So, mm. you know, Brockton, things can be... Yeah, it's, a, it's it's been a hot down. debate. There's a lot of a lot of good points, a lot of bad points, there's a lot of middle of the road points. But at the end of the day, it's all about the it's kids. A great crowd, you know, fantastic this, crowd. Yeah, it's a, in the beginning here. I was a little worried, but Matt hit it on the head. A lot of people are dropping their kids off, and now they're coming up here to show their support. So I'm kind of oh, yeah. kind of glad to see that it is panned out. Um, <laughs> we've got a lot of press here. A lot of the government officials are now showing up. I just saw the video, so. Thank you, Jed. All right, sir. All right, man. Thank you. Just introduce yourself and give your comment about today. Hi, everybody. This is Ellie Texera. How's everybody doing? So glad that everybody got up early and came out here to support these kids, to show them that we love them and that we'll always stand behind them and do what's best for them and not what's best for the adults. Thank you very much. No Good stuff. All right. I'll meet you in the hall. You know, all the crazy stuff. You gotta go on beyond that. And let me know this is 
You know what I'm saying? The parents have to get involved. We have to get involved. It's a collective effort. I think, I think the, the level that they have to get it involved, there has to be an invitation. When the school is pushing you out, when the school is saying that they have the answer, that they have the power, but they are not allowing parents to get involved in the way that they need to get involved, and it goes back to cultural relevance. You know, and this is the truth. You know, um, you got you need, listen. Brockton is better. Brockton will better and be better, and Brockton can be better, right? These youth out here are not lost. Relationships are missing. Loving the discussions on the line out here from some of the parents tonight. Well, this morning. I'm used to doing everything at night, so. Right. Well, this is, a, you know what, Mr. Hayes, this is love. This is what Brock, this is what we need to have posted on the front page. This is what Brockton is made of. Parents, community members, advocates, all out here, 6.30 in the morning, and it is cold. If y'all don't realize it, it's cold, right? Yeah. But we yeah. ain't getting paid for this. This is love. This is what it is. But the voices that are being spoken and it's being heard right now are the voices that need to be adhered to. The youth have spoken. The parents have spoken. Who will listen? You know, the word of God says that, you know, the cupbearer was asked, when you get in front of the king, remember me. Well, we are here advocating who's listening. We've got solution-based issues, uh, uh, approaches right now. I can't wait to meet with the school committee. I got 15 men right now willing to go into the Barkin High School and work for free. Clear them halls, clear them parking lots. Then I got mental health experts that will work with them, especially young men who are troubled right now and involved. That may be, you know, the so-called troublemakers. And then we have those mental health experts that are willing to talk to and give aid to some of these teachers that feel like they're powerless, right? And then the last thing we have are resources for young adults to get involved because that's what we're hearing. There's nothing to do. Right, right. More programs. Yeah. Right. Other so, than the, the summer programs, you know. And then nobody want to talk about it. You know, let's look at our committee right now. We don't have a vice chairman. I was reading this. And the chairman is our mayor. So if we're going to make decisions, if we're going to hear the community, it needs to be a culturally relevant based group of individuals that represent us and I'll end with this. Brockton, January this year, just became the most diverse city in New England. That's right. Right? So does our school committee represent that? Do our elected officials have connections with those? Tomorrow night, Tuesday night, is the school committee meeting, so make sure you head down. Make sure you watch on YouTube. If you can't make it, please watch the school committee meetings on YouTube. And so, and, and so I'm sorry, one more thing. And so here's where parents, we're asking you, get involved. No, you may not be able to be here at 6.30 in the morning, and yes, you may feel like the school doesn't listen to you when you want to, you know, address your youth's concerns and issues, right? But you can absolutely get on YouTube and watch. You can right. attend that virtual right. school committee meeting. Let your right. voice be heard. That's what you can do, parents. You can scroll on TikTok for a half hour. You can watch a school committee meeting for one hour. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying. Thank you, sir. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> and, I don't, and I don't think that people realize that this the nation is watching. Oh, you ain't kidding. The nation the is nation watching. The nation is watching. The nation is definitely watching.
You know, some, one of my staff said to me, how come we haven't sent or suggested to send the National Guard into schools where we've had mass shootings? But we're talking about bringing potentially the National Guard to Brockton, Massachusetts? What we do here, the nation is watching. The nation's watching. All right, sir. Thank, Thank you, you very much. Um, the kids that graduated, they were saying, oh, what was it that she was going to take everything away? She got on that microphone with her mom's voice. Oh, 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 you get it in my heart. Oh, yeah. They respect her. See you next Tuesday. Thank you for listening to The Booth on Hoobazoo and Hatcherradio.com. Please follow the Facebook page and subscribe to the podcast at Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. The Booth is a Sinister One production hosted by Sinister One. I've got to start hanging out with friends that are a little more intelligent and understand politics and stuff. It's just that I'm up on this level up here and all my friends are down here. Me, nah. You guys, meh. Maybe a little more down, down here. Screw you guys, I'm going home. I smoke, I drink, I do my thing. These bitches hating, so you know I got to make it plain. Don't do cocaine with your chick, my main. We stick together, true forever, yeah, you know we bang. I miss those days, which was easy. If only I made it, don't repeat. I've been upstate and y'all think I'm playing And I gotta hit now For these weak assholes who think I ain't slaying Try me, try me and I'll probably end up laughing Cause I never back down I'm that chick with a clean ass whip I don't need that shit Cause I got my own now I get hurt, I get tired of fussing, fighting Guess I gotta crack down Don't mess with me cause on everything I'ma have to bring the whole city W-H-O-O-B-A-Z-O-O-S-U-R-Z-O-C-O-M W-H-O-O-B-A-Z-O-O-S-U-R-Z-O-C-O-M